Yeah, today I decided to wear my Superman shirt, as you can see. This is what a real Superman shirt looks like, in case you're curious. Or Superwoman shirt. A lot of women serve in the kids' ministry. And not, not a lot of people know this, but this is a bright neon green, so you can easily point out who you need to pray for. Um, so, <laughs> just a joke. <laughs> okay, so we're going to speed along here. So I'm going to um, dive right into the scripture. So... Um, we're actually at the end of Exodus, uh, so Exodus 40, and starting in 34, and I'm going to read it right off that monitor. Then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in, in it by night, and in the, sight, in the sight of all the house of Israel. That is amazing. We were singing, I'm a lover of your presence. That last verse right there, if you're a lover of his presence, that should just get you fired up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night um, in sight of all the house of Israel. So amazing, right? But, so I'm going to ask you a question, uh, and, and not to be answered right now, but we'll be answering it. At, that's what we'll do today. We'll answer this question. The question is, how did this happen, right? Did it just happen? They just woke up one day and it just happened? Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, um, things just happened. It was awesome. Like, I would wake up, and I would run down vacuum stairs, <laughs> and I would walk across a mopped floor, and I would open up food that just was in the refrigerator. It was amazing. Everything just happened, right? Um, but then I grew up, <laughs> and I realized things don't just happen. Um, I was expected to vacuum the stairs. I was expected to mop the floor. I was expected to fill a refrigerator. Um, but now my kids, you know, they, uh, for them, it just happens right? You know, they go to sleep and the dishes are done when they wake up. It's amazing. I wish I could do that, right? Um, because my kids' only responsibility right now is to grow. That's their responsibility. Their responsibility is to grow and to become the best human beings that they can be, the people that God has called them to be. So all their responsibility is, you know, as they grow, they get a little bit, you know, we do a little bit of laundry here and there, but I mean, they're not paying the mortgage, right? So... <laughs> You know, you get, you get a little bit more and a little bit more as, as you uh, develop. So um, the church is like that, right? People come in, and there's a red shirt. I'm going to call them the red shirts, right? The red shirts are at the front door to say hello and help you. To know if, you, if you're new here, where do I go? Well, you go right up those stairs, right? Oh, where, I have a baby. Uh, do, you, do I just bring? Oh, no, you know what? There's a nursery. Take the, take the child in the nursery. We, we sit and we worship, right? And there's somebody back there on base that's so amazing, just like rocking out. And of course, you know, of course, you guys all know I'm talking about Andrew Parks. And <laughs> my, my favorite quality about Andrew Parks is that he's not me. Um, but, uh, you know, but yeah. So we, you, and, you're, and you're drawn in to the worship and you're just drawn in and you're, and you're before the presence of God and the presence is thick. You feel it. And then somebody comes to give a message, but maybe you got older kids, and, and those, uh, those kids go out to, to be served because, 
you know, they need to be taught on their level. Just like you have a level to be taught on, they need to be taught on their level. So they, go, they can go down and they can be taught, right? And what's so awesome is, like, look around. Like, does anybody see just, like, a pile of trash anywhere? I mean, I would feel that would be distracting. Um, and all of it comes, and somebody comes up here and they preach. That's, like, going on now. And at the end, maybe they give an altar call. Maybe you've never heard the message of Jesus. And they give an altar call, and you come, and you get on your knees before Jesus. You get on your knees before his presence. But how did that happen? <laughs> that just happened? <laughs> There's so many obstacles in the way that could have been. There's so many things that could have distracted you from the presence of God. The presence of God could be so thick, and you'd be oblivious to it. Because, you know, God, what's going on? Dad, Dad, all this going on. And you're thinking, oh, man, like, this place is filthy. And, man, you go to the bathroom, and it's a mess in there. And now you come back, and then somebody gives an altar call. But the only thing you can think of is, when do I get out of this place? <laughs> right? But that doesn't happen here. What we do is we facilitate an, a place where, you're, where new believers, their responsibility is to grow where an unbeliever's responsibility is to hear the message and, and answer the call that God is calling them. That, that, you know, we don't, you don't come to my house and I go, Jeremy, I'm glad you're here. Take a shovel, shovel my driveway, right? He's a guest in my house. I've prepared that stuff. He's walking up a shoveled walk. So, all right, so Jeremy said he, he heard me preach this. So I have, to, I have to disclaimer this really quick. <laughs> this was written a year, uh, over a year ago. So if anything sounds like I'm going to be reading your mail, it's only because all of these things are common to people. So we share, we share things. And uh, one of the things that we share is excuses, or um, we'll call them reasons. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you Derek's top 10 reasons why I'm not serving this Sunday. So let's hit number 10. <laughs> I'm praying about it. Number nine, I'm too busy. Number eight, I need a break. Number seven, I use that time to fellowship. Number six, I don't want to serve during the service. Number five, I'm still praying about it. <laughs> Number four, hey, I pray. That's how I serve. <laughs> Number three, I'm going through a season. That's my personal favorite. Number two, I'm stepping down. And the top reason why I will not be serving this Sunday is I don't feel called. <clears throat> so we're going we're gonna to hit these really quick. So let's go on to the next slide. So praying about it or serving by praying. You know, looking at Luke 10, uh, 2 through 3 on this, uh, we pray to the, it says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to his harvest. And then the next verse says, let's go, I'm sending you. Go. If uh, you're praying, a lot of times you're the answer to that prayer, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'm, it's truth time. If you come to me and ask me to serve, my first response inside is like, oh, man, I don't know, right? So I actually do say this one, but it's for probably a different reason than most people use it. I say I'm praying about it because a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm going to God and saying, God, make my attitude right. So when my yes is a yes... <laughs> I can say hallelujah to it um, and not, you know, and not, uh, you know, go begrudging like, fine, I guess I'll serve. Um, 
Or, you know, if you're serving by praying, you know, if you like to pray, that's awesome. Um, but uh, why don't you pray while you serve? That's possible, right? We have a God who's everywhere, all the time. You can be serving and praying at the same time. All right, the next one is uh, too busy. So, you're too busy. Let me ask you something. What are you doing this Sunday? You're going to be here? Coincidence city population us? We actually have things you can serve here when you'd already be here anyways. This was already penciled into your schedule. <laughs> I know what it's like to be busy, you know, and I do have a busy season. And, uh, you know, if you do talk to people about your, your busyness and say, listen, during this time, I'm busy, you know, you can, you can move things around and, 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 and find time for your schedule. So it does work. People are flexible. So, okay, we're going to go to uh, I need a break. Um, this also goes with, you know, not wanting to serve on a Sunday. You know, some people say, like, I do, you know, X, Y, Z during the week, so I don't want to do X, Y, Z at the church. But the thing is, is that you are designed, you're made to progress the church. So if you have a skill, you have a talent that you're getting paid for out there, right? How awesome would it be to use that talent or skill to move the church forward, right? Other, other thing about needing a break is, you know, guys, church is not a vacation, <laughs> right? It's not a country club. We don't come here and ha ha ha, hey, you know, we're just going to chill out. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's not, it's, it's not break time. What we're doing here is we're, we are, we are moving the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness, right? So it's, yeah, I won't develop that. Oh, you know, uh, another thing, I want to bring up the Martha, what I call the Martha argument. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to be Martha. I want to be, I want to be Mary, right? Um, you know, the problem with Martha, Martha is that she was bothered by all of her work. That was the problem. And Mary chose the better thing, which is sitting at the feet of Jesus. But I also would say that we worship a resurrected Savior, and it is possible to serve and be at the feet of Jesus at the same time. In fact, it might even be necessary. <laughs> so, okay. The next one, fellowship and status. This one really quick. I just will tell you, I form the best friendships with people that I work with. Because when you're doing something and you have a common purpose, a lot of times when you have a common purpose and you're doing something next to somebody, that common purpose drives and builds a bond. Um, I know, you know, at work a lot of times, sometimes I have a busy day at work and I'll look across at the person sitting in the next seat to me and I just, man, feel like we served war together. Like, like I feel like we're closer even though we maybe didn't even talk that much <laughs> because we went through the same thing. Um, okay, so next one, going through season, which is one of my favorites. So what, is, what comes after summer, everybody? Fall. What comes after fall? What comes after winter? And what comes after spring? I'm never going to be out of a season. They are, they are always coming. And here's the thing about seasons, right? I love summer. It's a great season. Oh, no, I take that because I have to mow the lawn during summer. Every weekend I got to mow the lawn. So, yeah, we're real summer out. But fall is awesome. Except that I have to clean the gutters and I've got to uh, rake the leaves. Oh, but winter I don't have leaves. I don't have a little growing. Oh, but I got to shovel away. So I'm too bad. Shovel the driveway. And so then in, in spring, all right, it's wet. 
can't mow the lawn anyways, no leaves, no snow. My wife comes to me and says, it's spring cleaning. <laughs> Man, I'm never going to be out of a season that requires something of me. <laughs> um, so I'm always going to be going through a season. Now, sure, there's seasons that are busier than others. Um, and, I, and there was a time when I had a busy season. Um, and during that time, you'd probably see me less on base, but you'd always see me come back on base. Um, and that's because, you know, I knew when that season was over, it's time to get back at it. Um, okay, so next one is stepping down. All right. So stepping down, um, I think some people use this, uh, you know, might be using this inappropriately at times. Uh, when I hear this used appropriately, it means, you know, you're stepping down for God to do something better. Right, so there's something, there's something better out there, and uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say at my house, it's my, it's, it's, at the church, it's my job to, uh, you, know, uh, check the, you know, check the fire detectors or whatever, right? But I'm five foot six. I'm a pretty short guy, right? But then, and this has been my job forever, but Jeremy comes in. He's way taller than me, right? And he's probably more appropriate for that job than me. And I realized that if I step down, I can make way for somebody who has something better to, to bring that forward to a new level, right? Um, if you're stepping down and there's nothing in its place, <laughs> it's like you're saying, listen, you'd rather have nobody than me. <laughs> like, that's how bad it's getting. Um, but that's not true, right? Um, so just, just to put that out there, you should, with this, you should be always looking about advancing the kingdom. And sometimes you do. You have to stop because you see that there's somebody who can, can do it better, and, and that's fine, you know, um, when that's agreed upon, right? Um, okay, so next one, not called. So, okay. So Jeremy was talking about how my wife made me better, so this is going to be a story about that. Um, when I was a bachelor... I would, the way I would do laundry is I would wad my clothes into a ball and throw them into my washer, which became my hamper, right? And then my dryer became my dresser. So when my dresser was empty, I would turn on my hamper. It was beautiful, right? But when my wife came, she's like, you got to wind it around the agitator. You got to fold the clothes and actually put them in shelves and, and in drawers. So, guys, obviously... I'm not called to do laundry, <laughs> right? But somebody had to do the laundry, right? Nobody was in my house except for me. I mean, if I didn't do laundry, I was going to stink, right? So, I mean, at least I did it, right? So you might not be called, but it doesn't mean it still has to get done, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. All right. But these guys, to be honest, none of these are the real reason why people don't serve. Right? These are the, this is the painting of why people don't serve. The real reason's coming up. The real reason why people don't serve is they don't see the connection between what they're doing and the presence. I feel like if you catch that, you'll serve. I feel like if you catch that everything you do is about bringing, that, bringing in the presence and ushering in the presence. So the name of this message is, on the next slide, Servanthood Preparing for the presence. So we are going to go to that main scripture that we had. All right. So this is the main scripture. I'm going to read it again. 
because I want us to catch this now. Then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And I just want to highlight that word because we're going to talk about the tabernacle in a second. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle and the sons of Israel would set out, but the cloud was not, when, if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle day by day, and there was fire in it by night. So again, how did this happen? How did it happen? We're going to look at how it happened. We're going to look at just one thing, which is the tabernacle. And we have, I've got some verses up there, and I'm just going to skirt through them really quick um, through, through the Bible. Um, but we're going to look just at the tab- tabernacle. So first, there was a vision, right? So, and God gives Moses the vision of what this tabernacle's supposed to look like. Uh, give me just a second to get there. All right, Exodus 27. And I'm just going to read a few verses of that, but I, I have that all up there for your reference. It says, You shall make the court of the tabernacle on the south side. There shall be hangings for the court of fine twisted linen and a hundred cubits long. I mean, we're getting very detailed here. And there's a lot, there, it, it goes in of like what this thing is supposed to look like, right? So there's a vision of what, this is what this is supposed to look like. And the next part is, now, now that we have a vision, we need to get some higher, you know, we got to get some help. Got to get some help here to build this. You know, Moses isn't going to do it alone. So we go to 35, uh, 10, and 11. Uh, where is it? All right, so it says, Let every skillful man, every skillful man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent, its covering, its hooks. I mean, hooks. There's people making hooks, right? <laughs> its boards, its bars, its pillars, its sockets. There's a lot to be made here. Just these little things. I mean, you think the guy making the hook thought he was the star of the show? <laughs> the thing is, is that none of us is the star of the show, right? Jesus is the star of the show, right? God's the star of the show, right? But do you think the guy making the hook is like, I'm not making the hook. I don't feel called to make the hook, <laughs> right? He still made the hook. It had to be made. Okay, so, and then in 20, we're going to go down to 20, uh, verse 20. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work. So we have a gathering of supplies, everybody coming in, participating to gather these supplies. And then in chapter 36, verse 8, all the skillful men among those who were performing the work made the tabernacle. So we actually see the construction now. They're actually making the tabernacle with its 10 curtains, its fine twisted linen, and its uh, blue and purple scarlet material. So we see that, that you can read all about the construction if you're interested in uh, Exodus 36 there. Um, but let's go back to the results. So the next slide. And the, the results are for, throughout their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day. So did it just happen? <laughs> we saw all these, I mean, I had so much more verses and I just ran through them quick. But you could sit down and read Exodus and it would take you longer to read the majority of Exodus than it would take you to read this one verse <laughs> where the magic happens where God shows up, where the presence of God is on the tabernacle. 
You'll actually read more about what it took to build the tabernacle than it was that the presence was on the tabernacle. Okay, so now, that, now those verses probably brought up some questions, so we'll go to the next slide. So, oh, wait a minute. Did I read something about skilled men in a few of those passages? What if I'm not skilled? I just don't feel qualified. Well, let's, let's read about um, some qualifications, right? All right, so this is in Acts 6, 1 through 6. It says, Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So there's work to be done. So the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and then a bunch of other guys. <laughs> and, the, and, they, and these brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. So I think it's in verse 3. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men with good reputation, full of spirit, and of wisdom. So right there, we see the qualifications. Let's go to the next slide. A good reputation, full of spirit, and wise. Now, if you think that this is difficult, it's not. This is actually the reverse. It's really easy, right? If you come, and you all, like we said, we come, and your responsibility is to be full of the spirit when you first are born again. You're supposed to be full of spirit. Get wise. Once you have some of that, it's time right? A good reputation will follow. I know everybody's got a past, especially Christians, right? <laughs> um, but a good reputation follows those who are full of the Spirit and wise, right? And as you, and as you serve, actually, these things will be added to you. You're never going to have all of them, right? But the qualification is, hey, first, we need a good believer in here. We need somebody full of the Spirit and wise. What? That's awesome, because I'm a part of kids' ministry, it wasn't, oh, has he worked with kids before? They looked at somebody who's full of spirit wise, right? It's amazing. It's, it's easy. It's easier than you think. It's easier than you think. All right. And then I'm going to shoot here to the results because I want to give you time to, uh, to volunteer. It says, the results of that, of taking in Stephen, it said, and, and it, was in, it was in that previous verse, it says, and Stephen, full of grace and power was performing great wonders and signs among the people. That's amazing. He's serving tables. <laughs> they picked him for work. They picked him for service. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. I know that if you're here, you desire, you desire this. You desire great wonders and signs to be performed through you. You desire the presence of God. You desire that. I hope that what I was able to do is to show you the connection. The connection of how when you serve, you're, you're facilitating that presence to come in. That when you serve, you can move in grace and power and performing great wonders and signs among the people, right? Even if you're, even if you're sweeping, you pray. <clears throat> Maybe you're sweeping and you have an encounter with somebody who comes in. You know, maybe somebody wanders in and you, oh, you know, you get a word. You can do that. You're not just, because when you're a Christian, 
You're not just the person doing kids ministry. You're not just a bassist. You're not just the welcoming committee. You're not just somebody sweeping and cleaning. You're not just that. You are a believer. You are full of grace and power. You are a person with good reputation, wisdom, and full of the Spirit. That's who you are, no matter what you're doing. So I, I'm going to end there because I want, I want to make sure that we do have time. Um, but thank you guys for your time, and I just hope that you guys have pleasure in serving.